This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Preston, episode 92, Create More Joy. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for goal-getting, fear-facing women who are kicking ass by creating change. I'm your host, Lindsay Preston. I'm a wife, mom of two, and a multi-certified life coach to women all over the world. I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire, we must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me as I challenge you to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you are meant to be. Let's do this. Hi there, Ms. Unstoppable. So excited to have you for this episode today. It's a fun one. We're going to be talking about how to create more joy in your life. And who doesn't want that? Man, I know I do. I want all the joy in the world. So today, wherever you are in your journey, if it's you're feeling like you have no joy in your life to feeling like you have lots of joy and you just want to amp that up even more, this episode is going to help you. You may not know this, but in 2020, my focus was all about joy and expanding my ability to just have joy in my life. So this past year has definitely been a learning experience on how to create this feeling more in my life. And I'm so excited to share with you all the learning lessons I've had throughout this past year as I've brought more joy into my life. So let's jump in. You ready? Okay. So if you follow me closely, you already know this and you may be like, Lindsay, okay, (laughs) how many times do you have to tell me this? But just in case you're new around here or you need a reminder, our brains are not here to create happiness for us. They are only here to keep us alive. So with that said, our brains typically focus in on the negative unless we train it otherwise. So with joy being a quote unquote positive emotion, we have to intentionally train our brain to feel it. Crazy, right? I wish I would have known this. Gosh, so many years ago, I didn't really understand it until I was coached as a client. I just thought there was something wrong with me. Why don't I feel as happy? I just thought like maybe you had a certain special gene and granted, I felt happy from time to time, but I just thought you're supposed to be happy all the time. And that was a sign for success. And if you weren't, you were doing something wrong. When in essence, that's just the way life works. We are not meant to be happy all the time. You know, I follow Brooke Castillo from the Life Coach School very closely, and she really talks about how life is 50-50, meaning 50% great, 50% not so great. I am a big believer in the 80-20 principle, which means, you know, most of the time things are 80% one way and 20% another. That's just my belief. You can believe whatever you want. So I like to think that you can create a, you know, quote unquote, happy life 
80% of the time, and then about 20% is going to be hardship. Now, it's tricky because I say that because I think like right now in my life, I'm 80% in the good. And then, you know, 20% is just like when I hit a new level and I have some growth to do. And I'm very fortunate that I have the tools that I teach my clients that we never have to be stuck again. So we never feel like we're just stuck in a pattern anymore. But that 20% is more so of like, ooh, I'm growing and this feels uncomfortable and I'm encountering new blocks and barriers that I need to overcome. And sometimes we don't quite see it as blocks and barriers at first. We kind of tend to blame it on other people. Like, why is my husband so weird? Or why are my kids doing that? Or why is work blah, blah, blah? Or why is it that I just feel anxious? And then we dig a little deeper using those tools. And it's like, oh, okay, here's what's going on. And then we all know the process, we meaning my clients and I, to go through and release that stuff. And so that's kind of our 20%. But if I look back on my life before coaching, it was very 50-50, if not 80-20, and the other direction of 80% not so great and 20% pretty good. And so maybe now my life is just, you know, in a phase where... Um, it's still on the big scheme of my overall life is going to be 50-50 good and bad. Again, it doesn't really matter here. You believe whatever you want to believe, but just know you're not meant to be happy and joyous all the time. We need to know the extremes of life. We need to know, you know, hot and cold, and we need to know light and darkness. And just like we need to know, you know, quote unquote, happy emotions and quote unquote, not so happy emotions, sometimes called as negative emotions, then, you know, we just need to be able to have that variety of life. And I believe that the quote unquote negative emotions are ones that we're meant to feel and it helps us get through things. Like if somebody passes away, are we supposed to just be happy about it? No, we're supposed to be sad and we're supposed to grieve or somebody does something wrong to us. Are we supposed to just be at peace with it? No, we're supposed to be pissed off. That's some effed up crap, right? Like I just had a client call yesterday where her boss did something completely inappropriate. Like it was, it wasn't even like a mindset thing. It was just completely inappropriate stuff. And um, she's like, I'm just so mad. And I'm like, yeah, I would be too. You should be mad. And that is a normal emotion to have in that moment when we're wronged, right? So anyways, going back to this big thing here that I'm getting to is we're not supposed to be happy all the time. It's okay that we're not. There's nothing wrong with you. Now, if you don't feel like you're feeling, you know, quote unquote, positive emotions at least 50% of the time, or like with my theory, up to 80% of the time, I think there's room to grow there. Again, when my clients leave working with me, I want them to be what we call in their authentic self at least 80% of the time on an average day if not 90% of the time on an average day. And if they're below that, I did not do my job as a coach. And if you don't know what an authentic self is, that's just like the um, most, gosh, authentic. I don't know another way to say it. The, the most genuine part of you. And that's the part of you that feels these really, you know, quote unquote, positive emotions and, and is able to take action from that place. And when you do take that action, it just feels really good. You feel a lot of peace and gratitude and this joy thing we're talking about today and all the yummy, yummy things. So, all right. Are we on the same page there with all of that? Good. Let's talk about the next thing. So with it being said that our brain is not wired for happiness, we have to intentionally train it to feel 
this joy thing that we're talking about, right? So how do we do that? Well, we're going to talk about that today. But before we get into that, I just want to tap in one more time why it's so hard to feel these positive emotions, not just from a brain level of our brain is trying to keep us alive, but from an environment level of things that have happened to us. And the first is there is crap from our past that needs to be cleaned out for us to feel this feeling of joy more. So if you have things from your past that you haven't fully emotionally processed and the reason, or not the reason, but the way that you can know if it's not fully processed, if you are experiencing emotional triggers that last more than seven seconds, especially often, like you're just constantly feeling like you're on a roller coaster or you're constantly just feeling stuck in an emotion that's, you know, quote unquote negative, that is telling you that there is some deeper work there to do. Because again, you should be able to feel these positive emotions and you should be able to feel like you are getting your goals. And if you put your mind to something, you will accomplish that goal and you follow through with it. And you should feel like you're showing up as your absolute best self. You should be able to feel in your life of, okay, I want to generate XYZ emotion, be it joy or something else. And you should be able to know how to do that. That's when you know you are living a really good life. Okay. If you are not in that place, again, there is some deeper work to do. There is some crap to clean out in your brain. This is what I do with my clients, but you can just take it for what it is on your own and just know that we can generate joy right now. And I'm going to teach you again, these strategies to do this today, but it's really a lot like a seesaw effect here. So we can generate all of this joy, but in essence, we're going to just pile it on top of these quote unquote negative emotions that need to be released versus if we go out and clean out those negative emotions and you fully process that shit from your past, then what happens is that negative emotion diminishes. And again, it goes back to the seesaw effect. Your positive emotion starts to go up. And so it's a lot easier for you to feel more positive because you have less negative swarming around in your brain. Get what I'm saying there with that seesaw then? Less negative, so then the positive just naturally goes up. It's not even like you're generating more or having to intentionally do some of these exercises I'm teaching you today, although they will generate even more positive emotion for you. But it'll just naturally, you'll start to feel so much better by clearing out that crap, okay? So that's the first reason why it's hard to generate negative emotion. The second is we just don't know how the brain works. And I explained that earlier. We just don't know that the brain isn't here to create happiness for us. It's up to us to intentionally program it otherwise. And then the third reason why we don't, you know, feel these positive emotions like joy is something called the upper limit problem. And this is a term coined by Gay Hendricks. In his book called The Big Leap, one of my absolute favorite books of all time, it's a huge in the personal development space among coaches. If you go to probably anybody's Instagram feed, at some point, they're talking about The Big Leap. This is a book I give all of my clients. We spend a whole training video on it, and we are talking about this concept of this upper limit problem over and over and over and over again as as we're coaching, especially if they coach beyond the nine months with me, because they're just going to keep growing and growing and growing. And what happens is their body starts to freak the F out. Okay. 
So if we go back to talking about the brain and how the brain is just here to keep us alive and to survive and wants to keep us safe, even if we grow in really exciting, fun ways, the brain freaks because it's different. And anything different to the brain is a threat. And so when we have those threats come up, again, even if it's something great, our brain is sending these sirens off like, eh, 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 we've got to calm this down. So Gay talks about it more in, in the book. Again, I encourage you to read it. But what happens is when we are growing up, we, in essence, have this kind of joy thermometer, in essence. And I don't think he calls it that, but that's what I'm going to call it here today. We have this joy thermometer. And so we kind of grow up with a certain temperature of how much joy and abundance and all the yummy things we can take in our life, right? And so when that thermometer moves either up or down, then again, it's a threat to the brain, right? And so what happens is our body and our brain are naturally and most times subconsciously trying to get us back to that same temperature. And so what will happen is maybe we'll get promoted at work and then all of a sudden we're fighting with our partner. Maybe we meet the love of our life and then, you know, all of a sudden our friendships start to diminish and everybody's driving us crazy in our family. And so again, it's like something starts to grow and then something else just, it seems like it just like is this natural thing. But really, when we dig a little bit deeper, what happens is we're self-sabotaging other areas of our life. I catch myself in this pattern all the time, my friends, all the time. In my brain at the time, it seems very justified for, for example, if I'm growing in my business, like I've done this past year, of why my husband is driving me crazy. And even presents me thoughts of, wow, maybe I should leave my marriage. Yes, it goes like that extreme because I've grown a ton of my business this year. And so it's been so hard for my brain to wrap around just how amazing life can be. So what happens is I have to intentionally, again, go in every day and do the steps that I'm going to teach you here in a minute to create more joy. And with my clients, we do something called joy integration and integrating it into our body. And I'll talk a little bit about that here today, because it's not that we just want to cultivate joy. We want to absorb it in our body and in essence, change the thermometer inside of us and allow our brain not to freak out by changing that thermometer to accept more abundance in our life. Does that make sense to you? I hope so. I know when I learned about this, it blew my flipping mind of like, oh my gosh, this is why I've been stuck. And I'll give you a story here when I first caught this. So I went through coaching as a client. This was late 2013, early 2014. Then I said, okay, I'm going to be open for business as a, as a coach. Obviously, I did coach training and all that in this process too. I said, okay, I just want to take on this certain number of clients to start with, because I was also working a day job and I was a single mom. And so I didn't take on very many. And I got that amount of clients in a weekend. It was crazy. Now, granted, I wasn't charging that much. So <laughs> I mean, my brain tells me that it's like, well, you weren't charging that much. Lindsay. It was easy for people to say yes to you. But still, at the for a while there, I thought, who is ever going to want to coach with me? I'd, and it was weird how I got it in a weekend. And so then I started taking those clients through the one-on-one coaching process I had at the time. And then When I was done with them, they got great results. And it didn't feel like so much that my brain couldn't soak it in kind of results. So it's just like, oh, wow, that's cool. It really worked for them. It really, they got these great results. I had a really great experience. 
And so then I thought, okay, well, I want to do this in a group setting. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to launch a podcast. And so at the time, I launched a podcast called Life Lovers Radio. This was mid-2015. And from that podcast, I then launched my first group. And I hit my numbers of what I wanted in my group at the time, which was crazy because I didn't really have an audience. And my podcast was on the new and noteworthy list, and it was on the self-help charts, which at the time was really fun and amazing. And so I was just kind of like taking in like, wow, how is it again that I'm like setting my mind to something and I'm getting this stuff, but I was still pretty cool. Like my brain could still pretty much handle it. I was also dating my um, husband, which at the time was my boyfriend. Things are going really well with that. Then late 2015, I'm going through my coaching process with my first group, um, my first group of clients. My husband proposes and he gives me this beautiful I don't even know how many carats my diamond ring is. I think it's like two carats. Might be a little bit bigger, but this beautiful ring. Okay. Even if it's just two carats, it's huge. It's like so stunning. And when he gave it to me, I was like, oh my gosh, like that was a lot of abundance for me to take in. And the fact that like, I was truly wanting to marry this man. So in love, like all the things, right? So then I'm like trying to incorporate that. Well, then what happens is I'm still coaching my group clients and I'm really focusing on that and f- trying not to fully absorb how I'm engaged to the man that I love because it's just like, oh my gosh, so much is happening. So then I finished with my group clients about six months later and that's when it hit me because they all got incredible transformation. And I remember the day that we wrapped that call, the very last call, and we were all just like, oh my gosh, look at all the transformation that's happened. And they were just soaking all in and they were so grateful and I left that and I bawled my eyes out and my body in essence kind of went into a shock. And I didn't know this at that time, right? I was just like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm just really sad that this is over. And so this would have been like April 2016 that this happened. And after that, I went into huge self-sabotage mode. I couldn't even get out of bed. I was like, became so depressed. Um, You know, at this point, I'm like planning my wedding. We're going to get married in September. And so all that is coming. And we decided we're going to go to Bora Bora and stay at the Four Seasons. And that was like really huge. And so anyways, all this stuff is happening. My body is freaking the F out. It's just like way too much abundance. And then while we're getting married too, my husband's like, well, I want to buy you these diamond earrings. And we ended up going to this jewelry store and I'm looking around and he's talking about how he wants to buy me these diamonds. And I'm like, I remember thinking in my head, like, I can't take any more. Like, I can't take any more of this goodness. It's too much. Because remember too, if you know my story, just a few years before that, I was like picking up the pieces of my life. I was you know, discovering my then partner had a double life. I had a two-year-old on my hip all by myself. I didn't have a job. Like it was a high conflict divorce. I was going into thousand dollars of debt. The job that I had at the time, I was a nanny making like $8 an hour. So I changed my life a lot. And I, of course, really attribute that to coaching as a client for all of that. But my, my brain could not take the abundance and I didn't know what was happening. I ended up reaching out to my friend and coach buddy, Judy Icor, shout out to her. She coached me a little bit through that and got me to a place where I could at least soak up enough abundance for my wedding and like show up to my wedding without wanting to, gosh, just totally like run into a, into a cave. But um, I just, again, I like, I could not figure out what was happening to me. 
And funny side note story for you is even on our honeymoon, like it was so beautiful and so amazing. And we ran into Usain Bolt while we were there. If you don't know who Usain Bolt is, he is an Olympian. He's the fastest man alive. And what was so crazy cool about that is over that summer, I was watching the Olympics as he's running. And I was realizing that part of why I was freaking out was because I didn't know how to celebrate success. And I see him and he's running across the track just fully taking in how amazingly powerful he is and how he's the one of the best athletes in the world. And I was like, I want to be more like Usain. I want to be able to soak up abundance like that. And I just started to like really um, visualize with him and being more like him. And what was so crazy was when we showed up at our honeymoon, Usain had just come out of the Olympics and to celebrate, he went to Bora Bora and stayed at resort. And I turn at dinner and I see him there and it was so incredibly powerful. I can't even begin to describe to you how magical that felt in that moment of, oh my gosh, how in the hell am I across the world in essence, sitting next to Usain Bolt at dinner at this beautiful location after I've had this beautiful year with these coaching clients and all of this growth and I've married this man and all these things. It was just like my body could not take it. It was like the universe just forcing more abundance on me, right? And the last day of my honeymoon, I violently threw up all day. I just could not take any more. I even went swimming with sharks in the ocean, which was like crazy out of my comfort zone. So again, it was so big and so um, life-changing to have that much abundance. And I didn't know this concept of upper limit problems. I didn't know what was going on with me, as I keep saying. And I just couldn't get a groove back for 2017. Like it would not happen. I would, you know, in essence, have times when I was launching or putting myself out there to get more clients. And I was just not really getting anybody. Nothing was resonated, it seems like. Um, and, and I didn't really keep up with my old clients because it was just like I couldn't take in the abundance of it. Then we ended up getting pregnant with my son and the pregnancy felt really hard. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to back out of my business. And that's what I did for the rest of 2017 and all of 2018. It was just like, I can't, I can't do this. And so then when I'm, I believe it was when I was nursing my son or maybe when I was pregnant with my son. But at some point I just kept hearing about this book, The Big Leap, The Big Leap, The Big Leap. Ended up buying it, still don't read it. And then one day it's just like calling me from my bookshelf, pick up this book, Lindsay. And I start reading it and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is why I have not been able to have more joy in my life. This is why I just keep staying in this pattern of self-sabotage because my personal life had just taken off so much and my business initially had taken off so much. It was just my body could not handle it. That temperature had been raised so much that my thermostat was just like, whoa, we've got to sabotage something here. So let's sabotage the business for a while. And so we can just at least just soak in that your personal life is somewhat good because even that was a stretch at the time. All right, so very long story for you there with lots of details, but I hope you're starting to see here of uh, an example of how this upper limit problem can happen. I see it happen with clients all the time. We grow and they get their goals and typically they get them in like a 90 day period and their body's like, holy crap, how did I do this? And they start freaking out a little bit and then all of a sudden something starts to go wrong and we coach on it and luckily we're able to catch it before it snowballs most times. 
But then they have to, in essence, like regulate their nervous system and say, everything's okay. They've got to do some mindset work to calm the brain and then we can keep going. Okay. So that is why it's hard to feel more joy. Got it? (laughs) Okay. Now let's talk about some strategies on how to feel more joy. Okay. The first one is one that's very mainstream and that's having a practice of gratitude every single day, spending some time in a state of gratitude. And not just, you know, like a way a little kid does it of like, I am thankful for my mommy and my daddy at Thanksgiving kind of thing. But really taking some deep breaths, (sighs) slowing down and saying, I am so grateful I am alive today. I am so grateful for my body, for my heart that is pumping my lungs that are breathing, and just going into detail of all the things. I am so grateful for, you know, so-and-so because I do da-da-da. I'm so grateful for technology. I am so grateful for this and that and this and that. And some days you may not be in the mood for it and you may not want to go that extreme. Most days for me, I just say, I am so grateful I'm alive today and I have another day to live. And that feels so powerful to me. And then other days I go beyond that and I'll talk about all the little things. The more I'm able to cultivate and stay in a practice of gratitude and really feel that gratitude. And for me, the way that I feel the gratitude more is I put my hand on my heart. And sometimes I'll even put my hand on my heart and the other one on my sacral chakra, which is like down over your womb kind of area, because that allows me to just really tap into my body and tap into what I consider my feminine energy. Because a lot of times I'm in my head and I'm in this like, go, 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 go kind of mindset. And I want to tap into my body when I'm in that gratitude and really feel my feelings in that and really hold space for that and spend a couple seconds even of just, oh, I'm so grateful I'm alive today. And just sitting there and breathing that in. And then I'm so grateful that my children have another day to live and breathing that in. And then if you have people who have passed, then you can be, I'm so grateful for the time that I had with them. I'm so grateful, you know, we had these memories together and I'm so grateful their spirit still lives in me kind of stuff, okay? And again, it doesn't have to be that deep. You can do other things like I'm so grateful for this warm cup of coffee. I'm so grateful for these socks that are fuzzy and warm. And I'm so grateful for the sun that's shining, right? It can be anything, but that is going to be the quickest, easiest way for you to start to cultivate more joy in your life. Because get this, gratitude is actually the highest emotional frequency that we can feel. It's even above joy. So if you're feeling gratitude, you're going to naturally feel joy with that. Okay. The second practice to create more joy is to count your wins. If you follow me closely, you hear me talk about wins. If you're a client of mine, you already know this concept because we're doing it all the time. But wins are basically just seeing what went well. And I encourage you to do this every single day. What went well the day prior? And I encourage you to really think about what went well inside of me. What awareness did I gain the day prior? What choices did I make that were for the betterment of me? Like if somebody presents you with a cupcake, And you say no, because maybe you're trying to lose weight or cut sugar or whatever. That's a win. You said no to that. It's a win if you are choosing to work on a project versus scroll on your phone. 
it's a win when you don't say that hateful remark to somebody because maybe you're working on being a more loving and kind person. It's a win if you're trying to be more boundaried and you do stand up for yourself in a loving, kind way. I really want you to cultivate and think about all the changes you're making because as I keep saying, the brain is always thinking about what's wrong and thinking about the next problem to solve. And so it's going to just dismiss all of these changes that you're making and it's going to miss all of these little minute changes you're making and you're going to feel likely a lot of times like I'm not doing enough. I haven't achieved enough. There's more to do. And that's what makes this whole hustle, go, go, go mentality that causes a lot of anxiety and all those, you know, quote unquote, negative emotions that keeps us from this place of joy versus thinking, okay, what went well yesterday? How did I grow? How did I change? And two, like counting the outside stuff too. I talked a little bit about the inside, but the outside of like, wow, you know, so-and-so opened the door for me or so-and-so was kind to me or I made this extra money or, you know, when I was driving, um, the traffic flowed with ease kind of thing. Those are all outside wins. They're outside of you of things that just happened. And you can just say it was like, oh, well, maybe so-and-so was having a good day or there wasn't a lot of traffic because school was out that day or whatever. But I encourage you to instead celebrate that and not blow it off in a logical way and instead be like, man, maybe there was something I did to create that abundance in my life. Maybe, you know, Billy Joe was nice to me today. I don't know why Billy Joe came out of my mouth. It's the first name. But maybe she was nice to me yesterday because, you know, I have a different energy about me. So I'm just going to take it as there was something about me that made her be nice to me. You know, it's so funny because I recently um, got fast food and the attendant who took our order just had this great energy about him. And he made my day better just from the few seconds of interaction I had with him. And then when I went and he gave me my food and all that, he was just laughing and he was having fun and he impacted my whole day. And I counted that as a win to be in the space where I could accept that kind of joy in my life of just seeing him love his job. Because a lot of times, too, we deem as like fast food workers as, you know, not successful or whatever, but he was totally loving his job. And my daughter was in the car and I turned to her and I said, you see that man right there? He is going to be so successful in his life if he keeps up that kind of energy because he's just giving so much value in the world just from his his joy. And it made me more joyful. But again, I saw the win there as like, I could see that. I was present enough to take it in And I felt alignment in enough to be able to, like, in essence, soak up his joy. Okay, so you see where I'm going here with this stuff? For a lot of clients, it takes them many weeks to learn this concept. So if this one's over your head, just know that's totally normal and go back to the gratitude one and start with that. Because, again, that's so simple and easy to see what we're grateful for. But wins, oh, once you get it, man, is it fun and man, does it cultivate and create more joy in your life. All right, another way to create more joy is to slow the F down. We are moving so fast in our lives, especially go-getter women, right? It's like, let's accomplish all the things. Let's do all the things. I want to, you know, make these goals happen in my life. And we go, 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 go. 
And what happens? Then we experience burnout. We experience anxiety. We get really, really tired. And when we get really, really tired, we, you know, experience those quote unquote negative emotions. So we've got to slow down. And what I've realized over the years is the more I slow down, the more I cultivate practices like what I'm telling you today, the actually the more successful I become. Crazy, right? It's so weird because our society teaches like, go, 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 do, 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 be, 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 in essence. And instead, if we just slow it down and just, you know, enjoy the ride a little bit more, we actually get more done. So the way that I teach this to my clients is we do something called do you time, which is really just self-care. And I have them make a list of all the things that will fill their bucket, meaning like fill their energetic bucket. So for most clients, they think, you know, scrolling my phone or going to Netflix or maybe drinking out with friends initially is self-care do you time. And maybe at times it is a little bit here and there. But typically for clients, they they realize that those experiences, while pleasurable in some ways, aren't necessarily filling their bucket. Things that are filling their energetic bucket and allow them to slow down are things like taking baths, going on walks, just sitting still and breathing, you know, saying mantras, being present and, and really being in their body and feeling all their senses kind of stuff. Um, going to the library, reading a book, again, slowing down kind of activities. Okay. And I really, really encourage you to put this on your calendar and to say, okay, when am I going to get this in for my clients? They build up to doing eight hours a week of do you time. It doesn't have to all be in one day. They can, you know, put it in little spurts here and there. And at first it feels really overwhelming to a lot of them. And that's why we work up to those eight hours. But I will tell you, every single client I've worked with was like that practice was life-changing for me. Life-changing. And who would have thought just by me slowing down was so impactful, right? Especially for those women who tend to be very big caregivers because they just tend to put themselves last on the list. And so this practice is so important for them. And then they realize too, the more they take care of themselves, the more everybody else gets taken care of. And then it cultivates even more joy in everybody's life, including theirs, instead of them not having joy in their life and feeling resentment and all of that. Okay. So slow down, feel it. And with that too, as you're slowing down and feeling it, experience the pleasure of it. Okay. So if you're taking a bath of, wow, the the warmth of the water, how does the water move? How does it look on my skin? Maybe you put some flower petals. Look at the flower petals. Maybe you put some bubbles. What do the bubbles look like? If you're reading the book, just take in again, like the sensory info of it. Some people do this very well naturally, but some people don't. I am one of those people who does not. I'm like in my head all the time. It's very good for me to get back in my body and slow down and take it in. And two, you know, just like smelling things like, "Mm, let me smell these oils. Let me smell this lotion. Let me look at my hands. Oh, they're, you know, all the things, right? And then two, especially if you're doing exercises or activities that are pleasurable, like, for example, if you're doing intimacy, like having sex, really take in the enjoyment and pleasure of that. That's one of the biggest things I hear from sex educators is for women to be present in their bodies and being able to accept pleasure 
because that is what's causing them not to have a lot of pleasure doing activities like that because they just don't know how to slow down, be in their body, and accept pleasure or, in essence, joy coming their way. Okay, I will tell you, just by making this mindset shift in my own life, with my own sexual practice, with my husband, um, it has been huge. And I'm just getting started on it. I can't even imagine where it's going to go from here. And a lot of that was on me. For a while, I loved, you know, kind of blaming every person I had been with. I'm like, oh, you know, sex was okay. It wasn't that good. No, it was totally on me and me slowing down and being in my body more, feeling that pleasure. And accepting that pleasure helped so much, okay? The other thing is, if you want to create more joy, is to cut the false pleasures and distractions. So this is one of those things of if we cut something, then you're likely going to do things like that do you time I just talked about. So if you hear me on the show, you hear this a lot. If you're a client of mine, you definitely hear this a lot. But distractions and false pleasures are things you're doing that you don't want to do, but you're doing them anyway. So you're scrolling your phone and you're like, man, why did I just do that? You're watching the Netflix or whatever, and you don't want to be doing that. You're eating the things that you don't really want to be eating. You're gossiping when you really don't want to be. You're shopping when you don't want to be. Um, you're overworking. You're over caretaking. You're overthinking. I'm going down my whole list. I'm trying to think of everything on my assessment that we do of distractions. But Those are the big ones that I can think of. Sometimes even for people, it's drugs and sex or alcohol. Those I don't see as much in women, but they are there. Love can be a big one for women. It's just being so consumed with love and and over-loving in essence. Like for me, that used to be a distraction of I really loved those first few months of dating and that felt like almost like a drug to me. And I used that as a way to escape my problems. And I would overly love on little creatures, like little kitties. (laughs) And like, oh, let me just focus all my attention there instead of thinking about all the shitty things in my life that I don't know how to process kind of thing. Um, And when I learned to, of course, like process my emotions, that helps so much, cut my distractions. But just become aware of it, of when I'm doing something, I'll be thinking, is this really what I want to be doing? Is this truly how I want to spend my time? And... You know, sometimes I have to catch myself. And if I'm getting into a pattern of like being on my phone too much, I'll say, what am I trying to avoid here? What's going on here? And in essence, when I start to cut that more, it's so amazing how much joy I create in my life because in essence, those false pleasures, while I get a quick hit of an endorphin when I do it, it's very short. And in essence, it takes me away from my goals. Like if I'm scrolling my phone, It's like, that's taking me away from time with my family or time working on my work, which is where I want to be spending my time. And so then it's like I'm even more, quote unquote, behind moving forward, right? So I don't want to do that. If I'm eating a bunch of junk food or drinking a bunch of alcohol, it's like, oh, that's really kind of slowing me down or or making a problem now where, you know, I'm not the weight that I want to be. And that's that's not where I want to go, right? I hear some people define false pleasures or distractions, and some people even call them urges. Um, I think that's the word I've heard people use. I feel like they've called it something else. But anyways, it's, it's just things that, like I said, you're doing, you don't want to do, and also things that are taking you away from the things you really want to create and cultivate in your life. So the more you can cut those, 
it's like that seesaw effect I talked about before, the more joy you're going to create. The last thing too is it kind of goes back to something I said earlier, but the more you can clear out those negative blocks, that crap from your past that's weighing you down and causing you to have emotional triggers of more than seven seconds of a quote unquote negative emotion, the more you can clear that out, the more joy you're going to create. You're just going to, in essence, you know, unpack some boxes and and then be able to, you know, create more abundance in your life, more brain space in essence to program in more joy. And so that's why a lot of people too, they're not happy adults. You know, we see so many happy kids all the time, right? And then things happen, especially during those teenage years when we're, our brain is just so highly emotional and we create all this baggage that we carry around with us. And it's so unfortunate we don't know how to fully process those emotions because by the time we're in our about mid-20s, our brain is ready to process that stuff and get rid of it. And then we can create so much joy and abundance in our life. And it's so unfortunate when people don't do that kind of work because they just kind of stay stuck in their life. They're not happy people. We want to have happy people, right? We want to have joyous people. And granted, we're not going to be happy and joyous, as I said, all the time. But you should at least be in that space 50, if not 80% of the time in your life. That's what's possible for you. And maybe somebody would even argue more than 80%. But if you're at an 80%, that's where, where I'm like, dang, I've done my work as a coach to really help get you to that place. Um, that to me is like, man, you're living the good life. Because I feel like, again, I'm at that 80-20 and my life is pretty effing good. It's so good. <laughs> it's not perfect, but it is good. And I am so glad I did this work. I am so thankful for Lindsay who took the last few thousand dollars she had in her savings when she didn't have a job and she was a single mom and put it on coaching as a client. I am so grateful to her. She was so scared. She thought, oh my gosh, is this the worst decision ever? And it was the best decision ever. And I thank her so much. And I thank all the teachers I've had in my life to teach me these kind of tools to create this joy. And I'm so glad I focused in on joy this past year of expanding my ability to take in joy. And next year, I'm going to be working even more on joy. I'm going to be working on integrating this joy even more because although I've expanded my ability to take in joy, I want to just soak it in even more and really take in that I have this life that I've created for myself. I have an amazing marriage. I know I give my husband a hard time here on the show from time to time, but the reality is, is that goes back to my upper limit problem. I have a really great husband and a really great marriage, and it's not perfect by any means, but I am tired of my brain telling me it's worse than what it is. It is so good, and I'm ready to fully accept that. My business, as I said, has grown a lot this past year, but I am ready to fully take in that I make a very good salary doing this money. I mean, doing this work, excuse me. You know, it's gotten to a point where I talked about is like at first I just wanted a career that I loved. I got that. And then I saw that I was helping people and that felt like way too much abundance at the time. And then it was like, oh, and now I can like, you know, charge people a decent amount for that, which I've done this year. And now it's like, okay, I can charge people a decent amount and I can make a really good living at this. It's like mind-blowing all I can get from just my career alone and how amazing that is. And my family is great and all the things, right? So 
Joy is a great thing. I encourage you to do these exercises, create more joy, and just know what's possible for you in your life. Your brain may be telling you all the reasons why creating more joy could not happen for you, but I challenge you to look otherwise. You can absolutely have a joyous life, a beautiful life, an amazing life filled with all the things that you want. It is going to take some work. It is going to take some intentionality. It's going to take some reprogramming in essence of your mindset, but it is so worth it. And again, if you're ever ready to start coaching, that's where we're going to create the most massive change. You're going to be held accountable. You're going to show up because we're going to get some big results. Remember, I guarantee results. We go in and we say, what do you want to gain these next nine months? We really get clear on it. Make sure we, I can deliver on that. And then we get to work. What a great feeling to know in nine months you can create something. You'll get guaranteed that you're going to do that thing. Instead of just putting it off, you go and make it happen. How cool is that? Link is always in the show notes and on the outro to take that first step and apply for that consult call. So I hope I'll see you on a consult call soon, but otherwise go cultivate this joy in your life and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Hey there, Miss Unstoppable. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. Send them a picture of this episode via text, via email, share it on social media. I'm sure they would be so appreciative to know these strategies and tips on how to accomplish your dreams. If you are ready to guarantee you're going to accomplish your goals and dreams, then it's time to start coaching with me. In my nine-month simple success coaching system, I am going to walk you every single step of the way to ensure that you get the goals and dreams that you want. The first step is to apply for a free 60-minute consult call. Just go to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash apply to get started. As always, my friend, remember... You're only as unstoppable as you believe you can be. So believe in yourself. You got this.